the game is over and you want more. When the news breaks and you want more. When you wake up and you want more. It's highlights, it's breakdowns, it's analysis, it's opinion, it's curbside reaction. Your next day post-game podcast and it starts now. I actually feel like we, we deserve better offensively tonight. Um, we had some looks, um, power play had some looks. Uh, the goalie made some saves, but then I'd say in that uh, third period, I don't think we were um, assertive enough and, and um, you know, hungry enough, uh, you know, to, to play in their end a little bit more. And this resulted in, um, you know, them spending time in their own end and getting deflections and, and um, you know, goals and, and for, you know, games out of reach. For, for me personally, um, you know, been in this league a long time. Nothing comes for free, and sometimes you have to battle a little adversity. And the, the only way uh, you know to get through it is work your way out of it. And, and let's do an extra and, and little things to, to try and help you. And um, you know, hopefully this is a, a start where I can uh, help guys like Tomer and, and, and Bucci and stuff like that. And, and, and uh, as a team, we do need to find a way to score more goals. We're playing good hockey teams; they score goals, and, and we got to find a way to, to counter that. You know, through two periods, I felt like we were good offensively, and the third period, we're just kind of um, you know, like I said, not a serve enough. Well, that was Braden Shen as the St. Louis Blues fell to the Florida Panthers last night. And they opened up the homestand with a loss with a big game coming up Thursday night against the New York Rangers. Hello, everybody. I'm Chris Kerber, and welcome into Curbside Reaction, your next day postgame podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues. And the Blues came in on a two-game winning streak, winning each of their last two games by a score of 2-1 to one with victories over Vancouver and Carolina. They were looking for a three-game win streak and trying to get the four games over 500 for the first time this season. It would be their sixth attempt to do so, and they're going to have to wait for their seventh. It was a close game. The Blues scored first on a goal by Braden Shen. That snapped the 16-game scoring drop for him, but the game would be tied by the Florida Panthers, who took the lead on the power play. Special teams proved to be a factor in the game, and the St. Louis Blues fell to the Florida Panthers by a score of 5-1. Eventually, Matthew Kachuk with a natural third-period hat-trick, scoring all three goals for the Panthers in the third period. Let's get you straight to the highlights. Shen holds it in. Saad, wide open, far wing. Neighbors right down the middle, pushes it to the goal, draws a penalty, he scores! Shen finds the rebound! And with a delayed penalty coming, he gives the Blues a 1-0 lead. 3.24 into the first period, his ninth of the year, 1-0 Blues. Panthers bring the puck into the middle of the ice, shoot it on. Hofer makes the save, rebound goes back to the far wing, they score. Kevin Stenland, as the forwards didn't pick him up coming back, ties the game for the Panthers, 1-1, 4.04 to go in the period. They get it in front, shoot and score. Easy pass from Kachuk to an open Reinhardt in the slot. The Panthers have taken a 2-1 lead on a series of botched calls that lead to an early power play in the second. Thomas to the goal, deflection by Shen on net. Stolar's a nice pad save. And the Blues send it to the stick of Kevin Hayes. Going to Kapanen, shooting it, and he hit the post. Blues have hit a crossbar and a post in this game. Straight away to Kairou. Shooting it through traffic. It's behind the goalie and pulled away by Barkov. He pulled it off the crease, and that's two saves by defensemen in the game for the Florida Panther. Panthers will send a guy in there, and Forsling will win the battle. Saad turns it over, and that puck cleared out. Yeah, way too many turnovers right here. You've got a man advantage. That's three turnovers, and you pretty much head heads up. Look up. They catch the Panthers trying to change as we go back at even strength. 
Blues have gone 0 for 4 on the power play, and again, the execution waning despite scoring chances. Like at some point, you're going to have to go, hey, this is great. We got five shots on goal. None of them are going in. Verona hands it off to the Panthers, and the pass comes up ahead to Kachuk. Kachuk hits the trail of her Hagee to Kachuk. Score! Turnover by Jacob Verona inside the blue line. Leads to a Panthers rush and a Matthew Kachuk goal. 3-1 Florida, 17.42 to go in the third. Close to Reinen, now to Lundell, brings it ahead. In on Perico. Go into the corner. Perico just slows him down, stands him up. Puck grabbed back by Forsling, trying to change angles. Shoot, score! Kachuk! Deflection from the high slot. 14.03 to go in the third period. 4 to 1, Florida. In front, Perunovic again. On the near side. Neighbors trying to center. He put it right off the goalie. It gets kicked loose. Kachuk to the empty net for the hat trick. He's got it. Matthew Kachuk in front of a bunch of family and friends here tonight. Scores a natural hat trick in the third period. And the Panthers lead by a score of 5 to 1. And a few hats will fly onto the ice here at Enterprise Center. Panthers back in their own end. The Blues are going to open up the homestand with a bit of a stinger. As the Panthers have put up five on the Blues. Final few seconds winds down, and that'll do it. As the St. Louis Blues fall to the Florida Panthers here by a score of 5-1. to one. A third period natural hat trick for Matthew Kachuk, including an empty net goal. Seals the deal for the Florida Panthers. Well, your head coach, Drew Bannister, has talked a lot about accountability, and he didn't mince words when he talked about where that game seemed to turn away from the St. Louis Blues. You know, the turnover that led to the third goal was basically how it got away from us. Um, we had full possession. We had speed. It was a forward that was backing up the D, and we tried to make a play inside out instead of just driving it wide or chipping it by him. We get ourselves in trouble, and it goes the other way and ends up in the back of our net. You know, and from there we weren't able to recover. You know, those are the things that we talk about that, that we have to manage the game better. You know, we were in a good position at that point. We shot ourselves in the foot. Can't happen. Time of the game, score of the game. Up to then, we'd, we'd done some really good things below the tops of the circle, so why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we put it back under where we can get to work in the offensive zone? And, and that's, you know, that's a player's decision. Do they want to stay in the lineup? Are they willing to do the same with the things that we're asking as a coaching staff to do? Uh, are they willing to help us? And when I see plays like that, you know, where we're in a good position at that point of the game, although we are down one, we felt pretty good about our game. Um, and now the puck gets turned over and we're down two against a very good hockey team and, and we're chasing. And at that point, we have to have better puck management. We have to have better game management, awareness of where we are and awareness of how we're playing. We don't need to, to score at that moment. You know, we, we just need to continue to push and do the things we do to give us opportunities. And that was, that was a high-risk play that didn't need to happen. We have to score. That's, you know, we have to have a mindset when we step on the ice that we're looking to score goals. And the chances have been there, the opportunities have been there, but we aren't finishing on those chances and we have to finish. There's, you know, they go one for three, we go one, oh for four. That could have been a tied game going into the third. It could have, we could have been up 
one if we finish on our chances. And we had the chances, but we have to have the mindset that we have to step on the ice and we're looking to score. I mean, good teams in this league are able to, whether it's separating games, whether it's to tie games up when they're, when they're down, uh, they find ways to score goals to give them energy on the bench. Um, and not saying that we're we're not getting any energy off our power play, but we have to get our power play in the right mindset that that when they step on the ice, that they're going to be difference makers for us, and that's what we need from those guys. They are difference makers. They're our best players, um, and they have to to make a difference when they go on the ice. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to hear from Colton Pareko, but let's check in with Joe Vitale as Joe weighs in on his breakdown of the game. You know, Drew Bannister said two weeks ago as they approached this stretch, and this was before they played the Colorados and Dallas after Christmas. He said, the thing that needs to change about this group is we have to understand that with the caliber of teams coming in now, we can't expect to make multiple mistakes repeatedly and it not hurt us and not burn us. I mean, this was a Blues team that, you know, in November they played the Columbus Blue Jackets and in a back-to-back against the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, you're playing the Blue Jackets or the, or the Coyotes or, you know, te- teams of that nature, the Ducks. You, you can get away with a lot more there. In a game like tonight, you have to be extremely careful. And I think the Blues were doing a really good job of this over the last three. You know, even dating back to when they played the Penguins, you know, right before the new year. And even they, lo- they lose that game. They played a pretty doggone good game. But Carolina, Vancouver, I mean, those were games where they did not give the opponent anything. And on the flip side here tonight, there were some errors in judgment. There were some plays that did not go their way, and it hurt them. You heard Steve Ott talk. He, he mentioned the word, uh, the phrase, we had some bad one-on-one plays that burned us. You know, let's look at that the Jacob Verana in the third period. You're down by a goal. You're still in a good spot. You made some errors. You made you had maybe had a bad second period. The penalty kill didn't get the job done, but you're still one shot away from tying the game. You crossed the offensive blue. You try to one-on-one dance someone. You lose the puck. It propels the other way, and, and Matthew Kachuk off a nice little feed from Verhage is in the back of your net, and all of a sudden it's a two-goal game about three or four minutes ago in the, heading into the third period. It's those one-on-one plays. It's those individual plays that the Blues have been doing such a good job avoiding. But now in tonight's game, they committed them, and they got exposed in them. And that, to right. me, is really what sums up a tonight's game where – if you really kind of boil it down, that essentially was the game. Well, look at another a little nugget. You don't have to go deep into the analytics, and I don't think you see it very often, and I will go into a bit of a rabbit hole just to double-check this one over some time. But in the Carolina game, you were charted with three giveaways. In the Vancouver game, you were charted with four giveaways. You look at this game, and right in the St. Louis Blues by the end of the game had 16 giveaways. 16-4 charted to the goaltender. Mm-hmm. So this was this that's a stat that didn't leave anybody free of, of guilt at some point in time. That is a lot of giveaways in a game yeah. against a top team. It, it is. And a lot of those happen in the defensive zone, including the goaltender ones. And you know, the, the turnovers from the goalie standpoint, we talked about this at the beginning of the game. This is one of those decisions at, for Drew Bannister and company that they made coming into this game. And, you know, one thing that a lot of fans may have questions about, with, with Jordan Bennington playing the way he's been playing, why wouldn't you continue to ride ride that man? And we even mentioned it off the air, you know, it, it's hard it's hard not to play him. 
But this is the Blues just thinking ahead. They're trying to plan accordingly. And you have to figure out games where you know Joe Holfer should have success in. And this is one of those games because he did so well against the Panthers in December. So do you give Bennington a little bit of a breather, give him a little bit of rest, and maybe he plays the next three on home ice. But if you give him all four over the stretch of eight games, they've seen Bennington in the past where maybe he gets a little bit exhausted, and when those legs start to go out, his game starts to suffer. We saw that about a month ago as his game was starting to fall off a little bit, allowing four goals, allowing five goals, the Tampa Bay game getting yanked in. I mean, multiple games where he looked exhausted. So they're trying to prevent that. That's why number 50 wasn't in the cage here tonight, trying to give him a little bit of a breather. But Joel Holfer going back there, this was not his best game as far as retrieving pucks. He was stopping them. You know, he definitely was stopping them, which definitely prevented Florida from getting on the forecheck. But the goaltender to the D exchanges, it just was not there. It was a combination of the passes, a combination of the defenseman working back and being available for pucks. Too many turnovers, not only from the goaltender and defenseman out, but the entire team, especially in that second period. I think that's when the rails really, really came shooken up and unloose there is in the second period where they just got away from their game because, like you mentioned, Curbs, the first period – was back and forth, wave after wave. All the lines were clicking and going on all cylinders from both teams. It was an exciting period of hockey. And then second period, a ton of turnovers. Florida got that power play goal, which ended up becoming the difference in the the game-winning goal, of course, from Reinhardt, from Kachuk. And then it really just kind of took over in that third period for Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, and you know what? You can't break this game down without talking about the special teams. The power play had an opportunity uh, that second power play unit the, cla- the last couple of games, it was the leader of the pack for the Blues for a little while there coming in. The power play had been at 20% under under Drew Bannister. Losing Falk is a big deal. Verona's been on it the last couple of games, and it, the chemistry on that second power play unit has pretty much been non-existent. The far first power play unit tonight, had some Great glorious, start. unbelievable opportunity. That first minute of that double minor, or I'm sorry, that first minute of the penalty in the first period when Matthew Kachuk was penalized for tripping was outstanding. But it's almost like they got frustrated at that point and went back to some of the old habits and didn't get back to some of those grade A opportunities. The power play, you can you can survive without a good power play, but you still need it from time to time to get you into a game or to give you a lead, and, and it – like, the power play right now, honestly, through the first half of this season, could really be the difference in why you're not in a playoff spot. Well, in tonight's game, I think the, the power play where you have four minutes, I mean, at that point, they're down by a goal. Right. This is right after Florida gets the go-ahead power play goal from Reinhardt. It's 2-1 game. You have, I believe it was Sam Bennett, who took the double minor high-sticking yep. on Brandon Saad. You're, you're in a glorious spot. I mean, to me, this is the spot you need to be in. This is where the power play, which – Remember, made the difference the day before the Christmas holiday when you're down to the Chicago Blackhawks. That second unit scores two power play goals to give you life, and you end up winning that game in regulation when you're down 5-1. So here's an opportunity for four minutes to go out there and make a dent. I mean, you you got to get one. You have to figure out a way to get one, at least one, and not to get too greedy. I know you always want two, but on a four-minute double minor, but to get one, to get yourself back in the game, uh, to me, that's that really was made the difference here tonight, and that wasn't the only one. They had multiple opportunities for the power play to give them a little bit of life. I mean, look at the flip side. It was a one-on-one game when the Florida Panthers go on the power play, and it's the Matthew Kachuk to Bennett goal that kind of seals, or the Reinhardt, excuse me, seals it up right there, and they go ahead two to one. Up to that point in the third period, it's still a two to one game. I mean, that really made the difference through the majority of that game, and and that's what the power play has an opportunity to do. 
You know, the second unit did lose Brandon Saad because of the injury he got stitched up, so that kind of messed with a little bit of the chemistry. But you watch this team slinging around in the morning skate this morning, Curbs. That top unit was all over the place. I mean, that first that first first minute of that oh. tripping – I mean, high chance for Krug, one-timer for Kairou, jam play for Buchnevich. It, it was going all, all cylinders. It looked like they really just picked up where they left off this morning. Maybe the best one minute the we had seen all season. It was all over the place, and they had multiple options. And it, We saw one-timer from Kairou. We haven't seen a one-timer from Kairou or really any Blues player for a very long time on this power play. So they, they were pushing Florida back, and to me they had all the momentum in that game. They're already ahead by a goal too. So that was a tough, a tough to see the power play not – get them back in the game to give them any sort of life it really was a deflator throughout this game all right what was your Bud Light three stars of the game in your work boots Braden Chen number three great to see him get off the schneid number two Reinhardt he had the power play goal became the game winner and then Matthew Kachuk without a doubt the number one star here four points on the night three goals one assist and work boots I'm gonna go with Nathan Walker I think you know his minutes were his minutes were limited but he got a little bit of a call-up opportunity on that third line with Brandon Saad going down. He was hard on the forecheck, and just overall a great day for him, signing his two-year extension here. So he's going to be a blue for at least two more years, hopefully. And I believe he deserved the work boots here tonight. Thank you, Joe. Well, last night was a big game for Colton Pareko, his 616th game as a St. Louis Blue. That tied him with Bobby Plager for the third most games played by a defenseman in St. Louis Blues history. And with that game... He tied a guy that wore number five. Colton, of course, wears number 55. Colton knew Bobby. It's a big milestone. It's an important number to hit any chance somebody catches up to Bobby, a chance to remember what Bobby meant to this organization. I had a chance after the game, even after a 5-1 loss, and there's that number five again, but even after a 5-1 loss, we talked about Bobby Plager and what matching him means to Colton Pareko. Well, Colton, a big, a big day in terms of you know, a milestone for you. And some people go, well, it's game 500, it's game 700, it's game this. But in this case, it's game 616. And for St. Louis Blues fans, that should mean something. That's how many games that Bobby Plager played for the St. Louis Blues before he retired as a player. You tied that number today for the third most games played of any Blues defenseman in team history. Next up, 140-something games is Petrangelo and Barrett Jackman, uh, who wore the number five like Bobby did, uh, is there at, at 8.03. And it was just one of those number things again today. You look up and, yeah, Florida scored five. You got 55 on your back, and it's amazing the number of times Bobby would come into the broadcast booth and go, I told you, number five, number five. But uh, for you, you got to know the man. You got to understand him. So now, now that you sit back and you've played that 616th game and tied Bobby's uh, games played number, what does it mean to you to kind of hit a milestone – that somebody else as big as Bobby did with this organization. Yeah, first off, obviously, um, just what meant Bobby means to the organization as a whole, and um, I mean, every event you go to, you see Bobby there. He's he kind of he bleeds blue. He's the he was kind of the glue of the, of the Blues in the organization. He brought everyone together, and just uh, who he was in the community, and um, obviously as a player. But um, just it's it's a special special number for sure, like you said. And, Truly honored to share share that number with him tonight. Uh, get to play in in the uh, 616th game, and uh, like you said, just fives everywhere today. And uh, unfortunately, five on the other other side of the scoreboard, but five there, 55. You mentioned Jack's five, Bobby five. Um, I don't know. It's crazy. You're wearing the five pin right now yeah. as, as we speak. So um, he's he's everywhere still. He's with, still with us. Um, but just he's he's a true blue, and he's pretty much the. I don't know. If, would it be the word picture of of what it means to be a blue and um i, th I think i texted you and just said i'm 
we were all fortunate that we had the chance to to uh, meet Bobby, be with Bobby, just have fun with Bobby. He's a fun guy. He always made you laugh. I know every time I had a minute with him, he was he was laughing and uh, just made you laugh. So um, just so many good memories and stories and um, nothing crazy, but just ones that just yeah. he just made you laugh and uh, it, he's just fun to be around. He's every time you see him, you just want to be around him. So uh, just yeah, like I said, just it's a humbling number and I'm just fortunate to to be a blue as long as him and um just try to carry on to some of those things that i've learned along the way from him you know as a young player that comes into the organization you're just excited to get your nhl career going so in some ways alumni are just old guys that used to play the game but there are certain guys whether it be uh, a bruce affleck and, and what he's done uh, other guys that have stuck around the organization but things like bobby plager and as you have grown into this organization to understand what those alumni have meant, especially somebody like Bobby, what has that done for you in terms of the pride that it is for you to put that blue note on every single game for these fans? Yeah, it's special. You think, I mean, you just look at it. There's so many alumni here that have stayed in St. Louis and just alumni that have kept the blue note tradition alive of everything. And um, we, we talk about Bobby. He's, he's one, he's special. He was a special, special man where he, he would be out in every event like we mentioned he's in the community all the time um was a true blue and i mean i did get the chance to see him play but we we have his jersey hanging up uh, kind of leading out to the ice and it's yeah. it's uh it's an older jersey obviously where uh torn up has some blood on there and it's and it's, by the way he wanted he wanted to make sure that when he when he gave that jersey uh, to Mike Caruso for the Blues to put up. And there's actually a great story of Davey Alexander finding that yeah. jersey in the yeah. arena to put it into the room. Right. But he wanted to make sure that everybody knows that that blood on that jersey isn't his. <laughs> See, <laughs> which is exactly, which is Bobby, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah. So uh, as we're laughing here. so uh, But, yeah, it's, it's just cool to look at that jersey every time we go on the ice. And um, that's just pretty much what it means to be a Blue. We play hard. We fight for each other. We, we do it all. So um, we try to just make make uh, our our fans obviously proud make our community proud um each other we work for each other as as a team uh you know with our, our players and our coaches and our everyone in management everyone in the organization so um yeah it's uh it's been a fun journey so far for the 616 yeah. 616 and um i mean obviously it's the whole the whole i guess aspect of tying bobby's games is, is special for for myself obviously getting to know him and uh what kind of person he was in in the community and as uh as a blue is it important for players to understand the history of, of certain things like that and then maybe for you Braden, um jordan some of the guys who were part of that that cup run as well to make sure that even young kids coming in a, a guy you know like like uh, matt kessel he's got a lot on his mind he's just trying to stick in the nhl but he might look up and say Who's that guy? And you can totally understand why he would say, who's that guy? But for you guys that got to know Bobby a little bit, to pass on who he was and what he meant to the organization to other young guys. I mean, a lot. He's He was just a special, special person. And um, like I mentioned earlier, every time you're around him, he, you just want to be, be around Bobby. And um, he just kind of had that aura where it's just fun to be around him and everyone just kind of gravitated towards him. And um, But, yeah, he's always... I feel like he always kind of passed on the blues, the blue note, so proudly. And um, just every time you saw him, um, no matter where it was, what event it was, and 
Um, that's also special because it goes to show how special it really is to be a blue from from that from that long ago and up until now. So obviously there's a reason why he's he's doing that. It meant a lot to him, and um, it means a lot to to us now. So uh, just glad to see from our perspective as players just how I don't know how much it it meant to him, and um, that we can kind of like wow like that that's special to be a St. Louis Blue and um, it truly is and uh, t- definitely don't take that for granted we talked about it, I guess you, you play your first NHL game you just want to play in the NHL but um, it's different to be an NHL player than the St. Louis Blue I feel like and um, that goes from the players that inside the locker room to the culture and um, to to everybody to the fans we have great fans I've been super fortunate to have amazing fans at all since I've been here and uh, just the community I feel like it's great people in this Midwest community and um, just a special place to play. Well, that's a great chat with Colton Pareko. Let's get back to last night's game. Weigh in. Tim Woodburn checks in with his thoughts on the game. Well, Chris, it was a very ugly day in St. Louis with the sleety, snowy weather. It was an ugly game at Enterprise Center. The Blues have some serious issues, and if they think they're going to be a playoff team, winning one, losing one, winning one, losing one, it's just not going to happen. I thought they played pretty tough for two periods. They, they had some nice wall play. They... Uh, got an early lead which you never see but they're just not they don't score on the power play i mean i feel like i'm repeating myself from last month's contribution and the month before that's contribution every night we're talking about the power play not being effective and you know look at matthew kachuk you know the guy comes into the game with eight goals which is one less than kairu scores a natural hat trick in the third period and Florida's a Stanley Cup contender, as they were last year. This year, the Blues were lucky enough to beat them down in Florida, but up here, they were outmatched tonight, and uh, they got better goaltending. They had a better power play, and at one point, midway through the third period, the Blues had 16 giveaways, and Florida had four. So that tells you something right there about pressure and about the way they responded tonight. For Curbside Reaction, this is Tim Woodburn. Finally, one key takeaway from me before we wrap up the podcast and what you saw in last night's game is a difference between a team that is knocking on the door and is considered to be in a championship window, a chance to win a Stanley Cup, and a team like the Blues that are in transition. You can get top-line matchups that are good. Your top lines on either team can score. It's when you move down the lineup that depth proves to be a problem, and the third line for the St. Louis Blues was minus three in the game, and that's where the matchup issue happened for the St. Louis Blues. When you are just a deeper team, team, a team that plays with more predictability, a team that plays with more willingness to make the smart, simple plays, a team that is deep enough to put the puck in the back of the net with all their lines, one through four, but also just stick with the system and not try to make the one-on-one plays that cost turnovers, get the puck in deep, hound the puck, play the game the right way. That takes a full team to do it, and the depth is an issue right now for the St. Louis Blues, and that is why in a game like that, if you don't play it the exact right way, a good team can come back to bite you, and that's exactly what Florida did in the third period. So sometimes it's a little simple. You don't have to dig too deep. Sometimes the games go that way, especially when one team is deeper than the other, and you start to make a few mistakes that end up in the back of your net. So the Blues fall to the Florida Panthers by a score of 5-1. to one. They get back at it as game two of this four-game homestand comes your way Thursday night against the New York Rangers. And that, once again, another team atop a division. So a really hard matchup coming your way on Thursday night, but a fun one at Enterprise Center. Thanks for tuning in to Curbside Reaction, your next day post-game podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues. My thanks to Colton Pareko for giving us some time on the podcast as well. We'll be back with you after the Blues and Rangers play on Thursday night. I'm Chris Kerber. Have a great stretch to the middle part of your week, and we will see you at the rink.